Well, good morning to each one of you. It is a privilege and honor to be here worshiping with you. Um, I've been struggling with a cold all week, so I will be standing in the back, but if you don't want to talk to me or shake my hand, just go out the side door or whatever. I will not be offended at all. So, a couple weeks ago, I was having a conversation with somebody, and through the course of the conversation, I was reminded of a song, and the song kept coming back to me over and over and over again. And the song is this, and I'll try to read a song. It's a little hard to read a song when it's singing in your head, but it goes like this. Once a preacher boy was told he couldn't preach it straight and strong, the Ten Commandments and perhaps the Golden Rule. No one wanted him to tell them what was right and what was wrong, so he asked an old-time preacher what to do. Just preach Jesus born and crucified and risen from the dead. Just preach Jesus as he paid for sin with the precious blood he shed. Lord and Savior, King of kings, Son of God, and Son of man, just preach Jesus until Jesus comes again. That old preacher turned to Acts at chapter 8, verse 35, where a lost man tried but couldn't see the light. Philip found him there, Isaiah 53, just came alive. He preached Jesus, and he won that man to Christ. Just preach Jesus, born and crucified, and risen from the dead. Just preach Jesus as he paid for sin with the precious blood he shed. Lord and Savior, King of kings, Son of God, and Son of man. Just preach Jesus, Son, till Jesus comes again. So this morning, I want to preach Jesus. And no, I don't think that every sermon has to be um, well, every sermon should be about Jesus, but every sermon doesn't have to be specifically about him. Every sermon should be from the Bible. I seen a post on Facebook the other, well, it's been a couple weeks, says, don't follow, or follow Jesus, not the Bible. How does that work? I do not understand that one at all. The Bible and Jesus are basically one, are our one. The Bible is a truth. The Bible points to Jesus, all parts of the Bible. So if you're following Jesus, you're following the Bible. But anyways, I have five questions for you. Who is he? Why did he come? What did he do here on earth? Where is he now? And what is he going to do? And I have a bunch of verses that I'm going to be reading from, so I'll probably be going through them very quickly. So you can follow along if you can. But who is he? If I would ask this question this morning, everybody would probably have a little bit of a different answer. And that is right and true. Because I think Jesus can mean something a little different to you at different phases of your life. He is a comforter. He is a friend. He is a convictor. He's a savior. He is love. He is a son of God. He is God. He's a mediator. And he's a redeemer. And there's many, many more that you could go on and on and on. John 10.30 says... 
I am I and my Father are one, so we can see that Jesus and God are one. First Timothy two five For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, so you can see that he is a mediator. Second Corinthians one three says Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, so he can be comfort. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And I want to turn to Matthew 16. Thirteen through fifteen says When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, and I want you to hear this, But whom say ye that I am? You know, everybody might say he's this and this and this, but Jesus was wondering to his disciples, But whom do you think I am? And that's my question to each one of us. Like, People might have all kinds of theories or whatever about Jesus, but the important thing is, who do you think Jesus is? Where did he come? Or why did he come? Let's turn to Genesis 3. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, He shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, He shall not eat of it, neither shall he touch it, lest he die. And the serpent said unto the woman, He shall surely not die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, that your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband, and with her he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. 
And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon the belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. First prophecy of Jesus. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. And the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also, unto his wife, and to the Lord, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them? And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil, and, to now, and now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life, and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So, the main reason why Jesus came, because of the fall of sin, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. In Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, for there is not a just man upon earth that doth good and sinneth not. Now I want to turn to 1 John 1. And I wasn't sure where to stop and start in this first chapter, so I think I'll just read the whole thing. But the, the end of the chapter is definitely what, where I wanted to focus Well, let's actually just start at verse 5. Then this is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Because of sin, he came. And no, we cannot blame just Adam and Eve for sin. Each one of us is guilty. Each one of us brought Jesus here to earth. 
Now, what did he do here on earth? The one um, commentator I was reading had a really good article or a paragraph in there. It said, How would God and Christ win us back? His strategy had three parts. First, he had to teach us how to live rightly. If Jesus' only purpose was to die for us, he could have flown in over a weekend, taken the nails for us, and called it a day. But his public ministry lasted three years. Why? To reach the masses, teach his followers, and unleash leaders who would carry on after his departure. I don't know why it hit me so much. I just, I mean, I always knew, but God did come to die for our sins. But not, that's not all he came for. He came to show us, to teach us how to live. Give us examples on how to live. Gave us the path to follow, Matthew 16, 24. I thought about typing all these passages out, but I'm such a slow typer, it was taking me so long, I, it wasn't going to work, so I'll quickly try to flip through these. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So he gave us something to follow. He gave us light, John eight twelve. says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And then to Mark chapter 15, 15 through 39. He died for our sins. Says, so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole band. And they clothed him with purple and plaited a crown of thorns and put it upon his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him on the head with a reed, and did spit upon him, and bowed their knees, worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him, and put on his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. And they compelled one Simeon of Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And they bring him unto the place Golgotha, which is to be interpreted the place of a skull. And they gave him to drink, wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the superscription of his accusations, accusations were written over the king of the Jews, when they had crucified, 
And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith he was numbered with the transgressors. And they that passed railed on him, wagging their heads, and saying, Oh, that thou destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days. Save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they were crucified with him, reviled him. When the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabathini, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them stood by, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calleth for Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar, and put it on a reed, and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us seek whether Elias will come and take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice, and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. When the centurion which stood over against him saw that, he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he saw that he had so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this was the Son of God. So, he died for our sins, for each one of our sins. But thank God that's not where it stopped. He arose so that we could have life. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalena and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that he seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid, go tell thy brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. So he gave us life. He became our Savior, Acts chapter 6, 30 and 31. Acts 16, not 6.
and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I... This is where uh, Paul and Silas were in prison in the earthquake, and the, this here's the jailer saying this. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. So he is our Savior. Romans 10... Verse 9 says, That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He also provided access to the Father. John 14. John fourteen six said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Then also in First Timothy two five, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And then John twenty one. 25, the very last verse of the book of John sums it all up. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that shall be written. Amen. So the world can't even contain all of what Jesus did when he was here. So, he was crucified, and he arose, but where is he now? Turn to Acts 1, 6 through 11. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. When he had spoken these things, while he beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they were looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, beheld, two, mans, two men stood by them in white apparel. Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And also Luke 24. Fifteen fifty one basically says the same thing, and he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them, and it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. So Jesus is in heaven. First Peter three twenty two says. 
who's gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and power being made subject unto him. So not only is he in heaven, he is sitting on the right hand of God, interceding for us, having all power and authority over everything. And also Acts 7. Fifty four through fifty six says, When they heard these things they were cut to the heart. Oh, this is where um Stephen is in front of the religious people and he's telling he's really laying it out to him, and this is him. When they heard these things they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looking up steadfastly into heaven, and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And also John 14 one through four it says, "Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. So we can see God or Jesus is standing or sitting." up in heaven on the Father's right-hand side, interceding for us, and he's also preparing a place for us. Romans 8, 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also make, maketh intercessions for us. So we can see again that he is interceding on our behalf. Now, what is he going to do? Let's go back to Acts chapter 1, verse 11. I read it already. It says, Watch are which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. He is coming back. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. And the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Then Matthew 24, 
Matthew 24, 30 through 44. And then shall appear the Son of and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable for the fig tree. When this branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, he knoweth that summer is nigh. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. There shall be two in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore... For he know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that the good man of the house had known in, that wa- in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. He is coming back. Just as he promised the first time he was coming the first time, he will come the next time. Then to Revelations 1, 7 and 8. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. So, are we ready for his coming again? So, who is he? He is the Son of God. Why did he come? Because we all have sinned and needed a Savior and to show us how to live. What did he do here on earth? He showed us how to live, and he died for our sins and rose again to give us life. Where is he now? He is sitting on the Father's right hand, interceding for each one of us and preparing a place for us. And what is he going to do? He's coming back to take his bride, to be home with him forever. Are you that bride of Christ? Are you in that number?
And I'll leave you with this question that Jesus asked his disciples. But whom say ye that I am? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you so much for coming here to earth and giving us a plan of salvation, Lord, and showing us and teaching us and giving us an example of how to live. I just pray that each one of us, me included, would just take full advantage of that plan. That we would just look to you for that strength and comfort and direction that each one of us needs. And that we would live our life in a way that glorifies, honors you. And that it could just uh, live our lives in a way that draws other people closer to you as well. Because we know that so many people don't read the Bible or they just look to maybe us for as examples of you, Lord. So just pray that we would be that true example and that we would not lead other people astray, Lord. Just bless our time together. Just bless each one here today. Just give each one wisdom and strength as they go about their days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.